Welcome to the Stripped Down Know Nothing Podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they're sugar or spice, from shoebox to why say anything nice, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. He's groping in the dark. It's my co-host, Evan. My life is brilliant. My love is pure. I saw an angel of that, I'm sure. He smiled at me on the subway. He was with another cast, but I won't lose lose no sleep on that, because I know their love won't last. It's my co-host, Saker. Let me take a swing. Mm -hmm. Is that an Ariana Grande song? No. It's not, because, I I mean, this none of this gets recorded, but in the pre-roll, you talked about Ariana Grande for seemingly no reason, so I assume she was on your brain. Yeah. Another, another Biebs? No, this is James Blunt's You're Beautiful. Ah, shit. You're beautiful. Should, isn't that song called You're Beautiful? Uh, he, he, <laughs> he doesn't really pronounce it that well, though, so I just call it beautiful. It's You're, in, par- you're in parentheses. And what, what we're really aiming for in this podcast is what you call other songs, not what yes, they're actually yes, titled. Yes. To be fair. It's his 2005 album, Once Upon a Mind. Damn. Once Upon a... What a, what a deep-ass title, Once Upon a Mind. Yeah, I, I kind of dismissed him, like, in the yeah, past. Yeah, he sucks. I mean, he's, Good call. He's like, You're Beautiful is like a fun... It's a fine song. It's a vapid song. It's about, like, seeing a woman on... Which is why I, I, my mind went to this, actually, not because they have the same name but because it sort of segues into this song because it's about just seeing a woman on a subway and then realizing how hot she is. Really? And that's it. And knowing that like, oh, this is just, we're just ships passing in the night. That's it. Uh, <laughs> that's That sucks. So, I mean, it's um, fine. I mean, you're allowed to think whatever you want about people you see. Yeah, I suppose like, no one is stopping you. And I don't think I'm, he does anything skeevy. He just goes home and thinks about her, which is fine, I guess. At what point is it not fine? When you act on any of that, to, okay, in a in a uh, creepy way, but it's, so it's all it's all in the eyes of the beholder. Like I feel like that's up to the object of your affections. What's Jesus. creepy and what isn't? Yeah. Uh, okay, Ev, I'm about to. What if you went home and you thought about the person and you mm-hmm. thought naughty things about the person? Is that crossing a line? If no. you never do anything, as yeah, long as think, it's all in your head. I think if it's all in your head, like I mean, we all masturbate thinking of attractive people of our of the gender that we're attracted to right oh i get, i've only ever thought oh, of myself yeah that's i way thought to do that's it. what you were supposed to do i thought it was self-pleasuring yeah i Solopsies, think slop semen slop <laughs> sorry it's like solipsism but it's solipsism <laughs> solip semen sloppy semen yeah I got, semen. It. got it sure yeah i just think of myself posing and in, in you know muscle man positions i assume that's so you're, what yeah, you're a real american like. psycho sort of thing where you just like to look at yourself in the mirror during and like just like make like just like muscle poses Ev, have you heard about huey lewis in the news they have a great album called sports mm. and well, it is i've got money and i've got fame <laughs> and i've got a credit card and i'm already on a train so i'm mm. not sure what i could possibly use the power of love for it is weird that, I mean, I guess I always thought it was weird that your internet was going in and out, but now that I know that you're not actually in your basement, that you are, in fact, on a train, mm-hmm. it makes a lot more sense that I have to spend six hours editing these episodes. That's when I go through uh, when I go through a tunnel. <laughs> right. And you keep going like, I don't know why it keeps through. I, it's connecting to the neighbor's internet, but you know exactly why the fuck this mm-hmm. is happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shithead. See, the only thing I knew about James Blunt was that uh, Weird Al did a parody of You're Beautiful called You're Pitiful. And uh, it, they couldn't put it on the album because uh, I thought James Blunt had said no. 
But while you were talking, apparently James Blunt was fine with it. It was Blunt's record company that forbade mm-hmm. Yankovic from commercially releasing the song. I had no idea. So did the song ever come out? Yes. He, he was unable to commercially release it, but he released it for free. Uh, he did a music video. He's done it in concert, all sorts of stuff. So nice, nice. Actually, that makes a lot more sense now because I think when I saw him in concert, when he was doing the song, he like ripped his shirt open and he was wearing a t-shirt that says Atlantic sucks under it. So now <laughs> that it's all coming together, it's all coming up Millhouse for me. Yeah. I understand this now. But, but I was thinking is that, well, I mean, I, I originally dismissed him because I mean, this is a fine, you're beautiful is a fine song, but it wasn't, it, it was catchy, but it wasn't anything that really stuck with me. I think the the song that he did recently, the um, Monsters, I think, is the one I really liked. Sure. Oh, yeah. It's really good. You should see the I, video. See, I haven't... God. So, wait. Hold on. That means that your dating sim this week is Kiss James Blunt Simulator. I'm sure you, <laughs> you do so much research into these people. You watch the James Blunt video? No, I already knew. I already knew Monsters. Like, it's a... You would... I think you would... It would hit you. It's a... Um, it's him singing a song about being a little kid mm-hmm. and then it's and like his father coming in to like scare away the monsters in the camera. And he's like on the verge of fucking tears the whole time. It's just a close up on his face and the camera slowly pans back and you realize that it's a song and his father, he's like basically like breaking down in front of the camera, like real fucking ugly crying. And it's pulling slowly back. And then you realize the song is about him, his father dying. So obviously it hit me right in the dad feels. Sure. And it's pulling back and his father is his dying father. His literal dying father is sitting next to him. And it's just him singing a song about how he's going to miss his dad and you know, how, how hard it is to say goodbye. His dad is in the video. Yeah. His dad is dying of like cancer. Jesus Christ. And he yeah. pulled a camera crew into the fucking hospice room. No, was no. Like, his dad, dad is dad, his dad's dad's dying of cancer, but not dad. like in, his dad's not in hospice. His dad is like, <laughs> In the late, uh, like the stages where he's still, uh, you know, walking around wearing shirts and shit. Right? Okay. All right. That's fair enough. So, oh boy. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, it's a hard video to watch, but I, I really liked it. And I thought that it, uh, it was a good song. That sounds very difficult. The one man, cancer does weird shit to people's brains because mm-hmm. it restricts all that airflow. I have, this is a weird reminiscing. Can we reminisce about, sure. uh, uh, we, we do uh, it like every three shows. We talk sure. about dead dads. <laughs> my dad <laughs> it's like was, goes way heavily on our minds. <laughs> my dad was very, very sick. Uh, and he was in hospice. And we were all, it was late one night. And I was, I was talking about how I was wearing my favorite pair of pajama pants. They had little aliens brushing their teeth on them. And mm-hmm. he said, I like those pants. And I said, yeah, they're cool, huh? He said, can I have them? And I said, <laughs> I get, but this is totally out of character for him. I said, sure, uh-huh. dad, they're all yours. And we gave him my pants. Did he and, put them on? Uh, yeah, he put them with my mom's help. He put them on. And he was just confused, but he decided he liked my alien pants. Hey, that's uh, nice. It was very nice. And now I have a pair of, I, I took a pair of scrubs from uh, from the hospice and cut them off at the knee. And, and now whenever I, I wear those, I think of those aliens brushing their teeth and my dead father. Is that a good story? <laughs> was he buried in it? Your pants that he loved so much? No, they cut him out of those because he had to have a bunch of needles put in him very quickly. Oh, bummer. <laughs> I know. They I would have salvaged him. They ruined I, your pants. I would have torn those pants that's, off of him. That's the real <laughs> loss here, I think. <laughs> Truly. I could. I had a friend who made them for me, and I could probably ask her, like, hey, can, can you make, Marcy, can you make me another pair of those alien pants? I'm sure she would, <laughs> but I never will. Cause I, uh, I don't know. Now they're, now it's weird. It's a good memory. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to put those on anymore. Yeah. I think that would be, that would be strange. The, the scrubs serve the same purpose. Um, tell me about your dad's favorite pair of pants. Uh, he wasn't, I mean, he wore pants. 
Like, <laughs> Did he? I don't. I, none, no, like no parent particular stands out in my mind as him preferring over the other. I I do remember in the eighties him wearing like there was that brief fashion. It's still a fashion, but like uh, alternative fashion for like men's bared midriffs. Oh yeah, and was I just he... remember him wearing a lot of those for like the <laughs> like the year and a half when that was that was a thing, like a thing but, that you know you could do. Yeah, did he have a, like my dad was always kind of a chubby guy. Did your dad have oh. a midriff to show? No, my off? dad was my dad was fit. He was in the army, so he always kept a pretty. He Jeez. always kept it pretty tight. So oh, damn, keeping it tight. Yeah. Dad's doing it for themselves. All right, that's right. That's good to hear. Oh, I mean, but man. he wasn't like it wasn't like a six pack or anything. But it definitely sure. it wasn't like a it wasn't a beer gut, but it wasn't a six pack. It was you know just in the middle, like a norm, yeah. a normal a normal adult man's body. Okay, you know, now are we a little really bit defining so- a what little, normal is? Ev? A little a little soft around the edges, uh-huh. but not like but not obese. You know, sure. just like the, the what I meant to say is the median. <laughs> I understand. I pick on you only because I know you're so self conscious about making sure that you say words like normal correctly. But it's fine. Correct. I think you're okay. I think yes. people understood what you meant. It's yes. all good. They know you're a sweetie boy, and they know that you deserve love, just like all of us do. <laughs> Unlike the narrator of Dude. <laughs> Unlike the narrator. <laughs> Fuck. All right, let's get right into it. <laughs> this week's song is called Beautiful, and if you've never heard it before, here is a quick sample. What if you were not just for show? What if you were not good to go? What if you were simply not so beautiful? What if you were not thin and tall? What if you were done with it? Sweet fucking Jesus, Evan. This is. Yeah, go ahead. Full disclosure you've messaged me like two days ago and saying that this. You hated this. You absolutely hated this. This was the worst BNL. This may be the worst BNL song you've ever heard. Yeah, I I have I messaged you and our other friend uh, who's a huge BNL fan, Emma, and uh, who is a friend of the podcast, and said this is this is worse than little tiny little song. This is worse hmm. than Dat Fodder. This is a bad 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 song. So being the contrarian that I am, I was primed to like the song going in because you told me it was so bad. So I was sure. I'm like I'm gonna look for way, all the things that's good about this song. And you know what? <laughs> I actually liked it. Like, no, I don't think this is a bad song. No, I'm not. Up. I'm not even being like facetious. I'm not even trying to be contrary or like you know, heterodoxical. I'm not. I'm not. There's no iconoclasty here. I just want to like. I genuinely enjoyed this song. Like I'm saying, it's not in my top ten. It's probably not in my top twenty. But like, it's in the top fifty percent of BNL songs for me. Like this is wow. better than average BNL song for me. Good lord. And I'm tipping my hand. Yeah. Good God, this song was, I, I mean, I, I'm amazed that it's even in the top 50%. Let me throw some BNL songs at you and we're, let's play a game of high-low, right? Okay. Um, is this song higher or lower than Sell, Sell, Sell? Higher. Jesus. Higher or lower than Conventioneers? Ooh. Um, higher. Okay, go fuck yourself. This song is just Conventioneers except... 100 times shittier this song is like if if conventioneers had no veneer of like tongue-in-cheekness or like oh i don't think so i think this song's quite good like now you're making now you're pushing me more towards really liking it because like (laughs) like i said i came in and i'm like yeah this is like a this is a solid 70 percent song like wow i enjoyed it like i I liked the musically i like the smooth bossa nova rhythm like kev's cool piano riffs like 
I can actually hear Steve on vocals. So it's just like Steve and Ed and it's not ever all the other ladies chiming in. And uh-huh. you know, I'm going to like, I know we're going to be parted from Steve soon. So I'm feeling a little, uh, Natsukashi for Steve. Sure. Like, can we, can, um, can, can you view it in the moment? Do you think if, if, if Blaman came out and you heard this song, not knowing Steve would be gone soon, would you be like top 50%? Oh, hell yeah. 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 Wow. Like, I, think, I like this song. Probably this is my second favorite song on the album so far. I cannot help but feel like you are surpassed fucking only with me. by last week's song, which is my favorite song on the album Jesus so far. Jesus Christ! I cannot help. That's wild to me. Last week's song, of course, "Down to Earth." Um, I, listen, let me tell you, let me tell you what I liked about this song. You're right. Okay. I think Kev is doing a fine job. Kev is always doing a fine job. I cannot think of a song aside from maybe Serendipity where I thought Kev could be doing a better job. Um, and that's only because I feel like they gave him something that he didn't deserve. <laughs> that's not true. I love Kev. He's earned everything he's gotten in life, but I don't know. Kev is fine. I Ty's polyrhythms are fucking saving this song. He's doing this like offbeat, sometimes mm-hmm. like triad, like drum rhythms that are really kind of cool. Like Ty and Kev are my my rocks they're my bnl anchors they're always there for me i know i could trust them i know i love mm-hmm. them and i said i kind of like the rap parts oh see those were the parts i did not i at least thought they were novel in this fucking easy listening garbage bullshit song hey Listen, I know you don't like Latin music at all. I love Latin like, music. And you don't like Latin people. And <laughs> you don't like Latin, the language. Like, uh-huh. But just, just, could you just look at this objectively for a second? Uh-huh. All right. So I can look at it objectively. Um, I don't know, man. I, like, the I felt ra- like they were getting back to their, their little silly boy roots, right? You know, like this seems like, this song seems like something that would be on Gordon. The, this is the opposite of a silly boy. What was silly about this song to you? Not, I meant silly boy is in like, oh, let's do a fucking bossa nova song. Who gives a shit? Like that. That silliness. Because they've done bossa nova before, and I haven't liked it. Like, definitely not as much as this one. And if I had cared to, like, go back and reread all of my song notes going back forever, yeah, um, I could find which bossa nova songs that I remember they did. But, you know, I, I don't know. I like it. it's kind of... Kind of, like, smooth, easy listening, like a little aperitif after you're, uh, um, you enjoyed... Um, the last song. So I think, wow. I, know, I think it really, it didn't like, like, again, this isn't like a fucking home run, but this is like a, a single, maybe a double if they, you know, steal in second. Damn, dude. To use my I, baseball metaphors. I am blown away because I feel like when they've used Bossa Nova before, they've used it in conjunction with things that made it okay. Even with box set, which was kind of a sort of Samba-y, uh, Bossa Nova-y sort of song that you were definitely not into. It was bossa nova, but it was cut with humor. It was cut with a little bit of pathos. We had a strong narrative character in that song. This song is the exact opposite of that. I, I, I disagree. I okay, tell me tell me where you found some pathos in this song. I mean, I think that um on the surface, it's, uh, you know, like, beauty is only skin deep. You're dating somebody who is totally out of your league, kind of, per se. And you know it. Um, it's sort of like we're in another aluminum scenario where, like, the person is in a, which is, you know, what they're hitting. You know, that's, I think that's Ed's 
shitty boyfriend thing is yeah. realizing the person you're with isn't as cool as they're meant out to be because maybe he's thinking about like being in a relationship with steve yeah and, you know back in the day it was all cool yeah and now it's not but uh um i mean for me it was like the um like the questioning the sort of plaintiveness of the narrator and i mean the narrator is a piece of shit like he's a, he's kind of a piece of shit he's like realizing that he's he's just sort of fallen it's basically um what if the narrator from james blunt's you're beautiful got what he wished for like he got monkey's pod so it's like sure. oh yeah so the woman shows up at his house and then they start dating and he realizes oh yeah she's really attractive but that's it yeah i they're guess not meant for each, they're not meant for each other at all but you know what He's too scared to not be dating her. But I mean, I think I think that what I was really enjoying was like it's sort of holding up sort of beauty as not not an, as an ideal, but not an ideal. Right. Because beauty is largely like a cultural societal construct. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got it in lots of different societies and it's mo- mainly inflicted on women. So like, you know, foot binding and female circumcision and like neck lengthening and corseting and like, you know makeup and uh you know all the all the indignities we put you know women through in this culture too um so like i felt like the song was a meditation on the male gaze and women's role in like a male dominated media culture um and i don't know if that's this might be it this is absolutely a death of the author but like i really i really sort of uh locked in on that so he sort of he has a moment of like self-reflection and realization, but again, he's just too shallow to like follow up on that. I I, I had the exact same hope as I listened to this song. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is going to be like angry people where the whole thrust of the song in the end, what I eventually realized was like, oh, the angry people are the good people here. Like we're viewing this through a lens of like, ah, the narrator is really turning an eye onto this and saying like, what you thought was true is not true, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but I don't think there's any like realization of mea culpa in this song i mean at one point he does say shame on me but i don't think he even knows this woman when i see beautiful shame on me hoping that it's deeper than skin open to the in fact he says hoping that she's deeper than skin Right. Like there's there's not even like I I know that she is just beautiful and not not intelligent. He's just saying like "Eh, she's hot. There's no way she could also be interesting. (laughs) Like, at least to me, that's what I picked up from this. I think that I think that, yes. And I think that what you're what you're locking on to in angry people to to, to play on your comparison is like explicit versus implicit. Mm -hmm. And for me, like in angry people, it's it's made explicit that like the angry people are the good boys. Right. And the any not angry people are the sheeple. And uh, in this, it feels more implicit in the fact that everything is phrased as a question because he's like, he's wanting it. He's wanting it. And he's asking himself that he's posing himself these scenarios and he's, he's, it's almost challenging himself to be better and he fails. Hmm. Right. It's like, what if you were not just for show? Would I still be attracted? What if you were not good to go? Would I still be attracted to you? What if you were simply not so beautiful? Would I still be attracted to you? What if you were not just for show? What if you were not good to go? What if you were simply not so beautiful? And I think he comes away saying, no, I wouldn't be. Shame on me. But but then again, I feel, I, and I understand what you're saying, but I feel like he undercuts his whole argument with the bridge, which is beauty disappears, boredom perseveres, right? So like he's mm-hmm. still going to go on like, once you are old and not hot anymore, you're still going to be boring, honey. Like, beauty disappears. 
I think that's that for me, I read that as a realization. That's part of his realization is that beauty disappears, boredom perseveres. So you want to be with somebody who doesn't bore you. Sure. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. But I I feel like the realization is 95% of the way there, right? If the whole th- if the whole point of the song was like, "Hey, wake up," you know, like like, you know, if, if beautiful people, you know, can be interesting too. Beautiful people, there can be something deeper than the skin. So if the guy realizes and is challenging himself and saying like, you know, would I still love you if you were not good to go? Would I still love you if you were not thin and tall? Like that he's gotten there. He understands the lesson. So even if he says no to that, no, I wouldn't, then he's learned something. He's learned that beauty is only skin deep. I don't feel like the narrator has learned anything in this song he just repeats the same thing over and over again and even in the the chorus you know everything she says i simply say i never mind it um Mm -hmm. you know like he doesn't seem to like give a shit what she says or what she does i don't think he's learned from his experiences and you know having an untrustworthy narrator doesn't necessarily undercut the thrust the implicit thrust of the story i I understand and maybe it's just do you I, i (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm just I do. You. you clearly understand. I, but, I, but I also think it's contextual, right? Because I don't know, at least not off the top of my head, I can't think of another BNL narrator that's truly shitty and without an. Well, I guess every Steve song is a narrator that's truly <laughs> shitty without so, an eye towards. So 40% so, of the so, BNL yeah, canon. N- never mind. I guess I'm wrong. But the weird thing is, this isn't a Steve song. It's a Steve and Ed song. Yeah. Oh, God, I don't know. This song just rubbed me the wrong way, lyrically, musically. That's very clear, but based on the fact that I've undercut every single argument you've made, you like it now, right? That's not true. Your undercut was like, I feel that it might be about this, or could it be about this? Like, you have you have opinions about it, and you think that the narrator may have grown, but I just, I don't think that, I don't see them in the same light. You see them as, as having an eye towards the future and having an eye towards betterment. Well, I don't really care if they grow or not. But like, you, that's not, that's not the, that's not you the thing You think they care if they grow? No, I don't think they care if, I mean, I think that Well, then they, why would they be challenging themselves? It looks like I've undercut your argument, Mr. No, Dickens. no, I think they're, <laughs> they're challenging themselves, and they don't, I think they don't, yeah, I think they care if they grow or not, but I don't think they grow and they might be incapable of that sort of growth at this point in juncture. But like, we don't need to have everything tied up with a bow at the end of the song. I, they should have put that at the end of the song to <laughs> be said, continued. By the way, by the way, this. this <laughs> no, they should put like, look out for a beautiful part two coming out next fall. <laughs> like the end of the Cupid <laughs> Shuffle. They should have had like an advertisement at the end of the song. God, I fucking love that the Cupid Shuffle does that at the end. <laughs> Keep your eyes out for the Cupid Shuffle part three. Um, especially following Down to Earth. This and Down to Earth, the thematic link is too strong. They feel like the same song to me. You know, mm. Down Down to Earth is very much like, hey, this girl's pretty. Anything else going on? Nope. And then this is like, this girl's pretty. Anything else going on? Nope. That's right. it's very, so, very yeah, similar. I mean, but I think they're different meditations on the same theme. But I definitely agree with you that they're basically the same not structure but the same the same gist is is running the same thread is running through both songs yeah but they're very different songs so you know musically yeah thematically no thematically no lyrically yes yeah uh yeah i guess lyrically i don't know what what was what was down to earth saying to you I mean, Down to Earth it was saying to me, like, there's this girl, and she is just, like, so cool. Just but she's kidding. Fake. She's but she's fake. fake. Yeah. She's fake. 
And this one is saying what? I mean, this one is This sa- one is I don't know, it's like a it's, you know, variations on a theme. Yeah, so I guess. So this is saying so they might be looking at the same this might be a different person looking at the same girl and uh, you know, and whereas down to earth is sort of ah shucksy, this is sort of con- more contemplative. I get, but they both come or to contemplative depending contempl- if you're in Britain. They yeah. they both come to the same the same final realization which is she's not worth it <laughs> which is yeah so, so maybe they'll date each other wow spare us, oh. spare us of two shallow dudes <laughs> sure absolutely it just it it strikes me as interesting that ed took over the uh the the mantle of of shitty man on this album because i think steve's songs are have been so far like angry people and something you'll never find and something you'll never find was even you know saying like if it's not with me you'll find it now it was shitty throwing chairs and pitching <laughs> tables and i don't care what your feelings are but i felt like there was an undercurrent of something there but yeah ed is mm-hmm. ed's shitty on this album <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think remember he's writing with Steve, so maybe For Steve is song. like getting all his uh, getting all his shittiness out on the Ed song. <laughs> it's very possible, so that he has somebody to to put it towards. I don't know. I'm curious because we've got some uh, we've got some interesting songs coming up from the both of them. This is a real split album going down the mm. list. Steve, Ed, Ed, Steve, Ed, Steve, Ed, Kev, Ed, Steve. Mm. So I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of this album. No Jimmy C. No. Nope. Talking about oh, uh, how low his testicles droop, yeah. or mis- <laughs> you know, mis- see, watching his kid go around a Ferris wheel sure. and seeing the seeing the unbridled joy on his face. Like those are like Jim Cregan's two speeds. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So. So I guess obviously I wasn't a fan, but I also wasn't a fan of you say bossa nova. To me, this sounded like lounge elevator music, mm-hmm. like which I think some people have interpreted convention ears to be as well. Um, just that it's, it's well, a bossa Nova does have that sort of loungy character that you're thinking of like that, like, do, 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 yeah. do, 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 that's yeah. like, that's, that's like the bossa Nova sort of rhythm. It's just, it's just Samba slowed down a lot. Yeah. With a, a couple more flourishes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but as, and especially what gave me the easy listening feel, I actually laughed out loud the first time I listened to a song and then I was just angry every other time was Steve's fucking flute solo in this song. Like it truly felt like the Anchorman moment where Ron Mm -hmm. Burgundy pulls out the flute and it's meant to be a gag. Like, can you believe how goofy this person is? What if one day I wake I don't know. That just struck me as so fucking funny. And I mean, they, I feel like yeah, I feel like they did have their tongue in cheek, at least musically, on this song. Because why do you, why do you choose a, your BNL is not a bossa nova band, right? And they are they are a musical chameleon, so they do play different styles. But why would you? Again, this comes is, is, every single time this happens. I'm like, why would why did you choose this musical style? Why did you choose to do it this way? And you know that I think is my my big disconnect with this song is why is this why is this this way? Right, but instead of instead of a box set where you questioned it and then disliked it, this one you're questioning it and then accepting like, well, they just wanted a flute there. Or do you think? Yes, yeah, I think they did a good job, which is all that my <laughs> all that my uh, all that my test needs for it to be okay. It's right? true. That's your scale. Yeah, if I think they did a good job, then they're fine. Again, we talked about it last week, but that's what all music uh, 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 editorializing comes down to is like, I liked it. I did not like it. It was bad. <laughs> and actually, I mean, the only two reviews linked on Wikipedia for Britannica Ladies Are Men are all music gave it a four out of five and Pop Matters gave it a three out of ten. Like wildly <laughs> whipping around scale. Very, very different. Um, so, I mean, I... I get you. 
I just, yeah, we, we definitely, we came at it. Um, yeah, especially, we did the little, it had a little fluttery, like, flute-piano combo. I was mm-hmm. cracking up. Um, yeah. Like, I felt like, I felt like, I wrote this in my notes, most BNL songs usually have a point, or a, if they don't have a point, they have a joke, and if they don't have a joke, they have, really? I, I don't know, what... Give me a BNL. And singing about Charlie Brown and Silver Surfer and meeting people in the grass. And one time he, you know, I like soup. <laughs> That's was the point. Was, that was a joke. I mean, there's the joke, right? It's like, I love you just as much as I love soup and ice cream sandwiches. And I feel like you're talking about When I Fall, right? With the other song? Or no? Uh, no, no. I wasn't talking about When I Fall. Uh, when I Fall has a point. What's the Charlie Brown one? Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I don't, I feel like there was a message there that I didn't get. But no. I, there wasn't. Mm, I feel like there. <laughs> you are I think just... we agreed on the show. Like I can go back and listen to that episode that we did not understand it and it didn't have a point. <laughs> it's very possible. Well, so why did I like that one and not like this one? Explain to me. It, because you're you can't really control your tastes. Maybe and, you know you had different musical experiences and stylings, and when you hear a song you don't really like, you don't like it. But but I I, I think that's true. But I also think lyrically this. The same thing was enigmatic, where I felt like there was something deeper that I didn't get. I felt like I just wasn't smart enough, maybe, or I didn't have the same life experience as Ed or whatever. This one, I'm like, I get it. Like, cool. Like, you think she's hot and and vapid. That's interesting, you fucking misogynist. Uh, And I think, actually, Ev, you're a misogynist for liking this song. No, I think that I've already made my point that this song is deeper than your facile read of it. Doesn't sound. I, I mean, yeah, you're all that I've heard when you've opened your mouth to give points are women are weak, women are stupid. I don't respect <laughs> women. I've heard it again and again. I don't know. Um, the lyrics for me in this song felt like a half measure. Like, what? What does it mean? What if you were not good to go? Not just for sure. What if you were not good to go? What if you were simply... What the fuck? What is that in reference to? That she's interested in dating people. D- is that... Is this like 1940s slang that I was never privy to? No, like, like, that girl's good to like go. Good, I feel like good to... G- <laughs> when you put it that way, anything's 1940s <laughs> yeah. slang. But like, put it in the radio announcer voice. Yeah, I feel like um, good to go is sort of like... Almost like a pickup artist term, right? Like, oh, that girl's good to go. Like Sort of thing like that. Like she's like DTF? Sort of, yeah. Okay, interesting. How many people do you think listening to our podcast are Googling DTF after I've said that? I don't know. Yeah, I'm wondering how uh, many. Uh, 16. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Listeners, if you're Googling DTF right now, drop us that hashtag on Twitter, down to DTF. And we're excited to see what you can do. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Uh, the other one, everything she says, I simply say I never mind her. So, what I I was like trying to feel my way through what that meant or what he was saying. Like, are other people like this woman is just like yammering on at a dinner party and people are looking to him and he's like, hey, she's hot, right? Like, that's my that's my girl. Like, well, that's why I think they're already sort of dating. Like, because she's she's sort of saying these things like, oh, did you know five G causes like <laughs> is, is causing the coronavirus? Sort of like it's like one of those. And she he's like, eh, she's hot. Yeah. And I think that everyone. The, the next line, like, everyone she sees seems to ignore the whole experience. So she's leaving people with bad, like, 
bad experiences, but she's so attractive that like they don't seem to mind. Yeah, and and that's very possible. The only thing that tripped me up there was hoping that it's deeper than skin, open to the beauty within. Me, hoping that it's deeper than skin, open to the beauty within. Like it seems like he doesn't know this person, and he's hoping there's something there, and he's open to the idea that she might be more than hot. Well, I think that he's he's dating her, and it might be early in the relationship. This is my read, so sure. you're not wrong. But like, sure. um, so this might be early in the relationship, and like his hormones are st- like his hormones are just starting to taper off, right? So he's like, like one of those like, oh, I'm dating this super attractive woman. Look at me, and now yeah, like he's 23 like, skidoo. <laughs> 23 skidoo. Oh, sorry. <laughs> gotta go to the ether frolic and get to get us some fine peruvian weed anyway so he uh, um is just like he's getting to the point now where the beauty isn't enough uh-huh. like he's just starting to realize it and he's like oh shit like you know she was super she's super attractive you know she's dtf and the thing is like i don't think i like her right at all she might be a bad person yeah 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 i guess and that's yeah i i can definitely see that read Oof. And that's why he's like, that's why he's faced with, am I shallow? Am I shallow how from the movie Shallow Hal? <laughs> Damn, but you're wishing you would have switched now. That would have been perfect for this. Um, boy, and I uh, truly, I get this lyric, but I just hated it is, what if you were not baby doll beautiful? I was just like, little, yeah. little, 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 little. little. <laughs> yeah, that was a little gross. A little gross. Yeah, just very creepy. What if you were not baby doll beautiful? Truly the rest of my notes are every because again i listened to this song 10 12 times and then every like two three lines i would just drop in like holy shit this song is garbage i am losing my mind this song is so bad <laughs> like uh, so i that was it i never have no notes on a bnl song like this but i had no notes on this fucking song um what did you have well, I mean, we've talked about pretty much everything. It's a it's a two minute song, so what are you gonna you know? We're not gonna deep into it musically. Like, you know, Kev's extemporizing on the piano is great. Tyler's great. Um, I didn't think the lyrics the lyrics were shallow, but that's kind of the point. So I didn't that didn't really grate on me. Um, yeah, and I just felt like it was interesting to listen to as a meditation on the male gaze and whether the whether the BNL boys are even cognizant of that's yeah. of that's how they're coming off or not. Like, I like to think that they're like. Yeah, this is kind of like tongue in cheek. Like, yeah, this guy's a piece of shit, and you know, he is the shallow one too. He's just as bad as he perceives the his partner to be. Sure, but I don't know for sure. Sure, you know? this this puts me in mind of, and I know our listeners are nerds; they might appreciate this. A situation with a game called Code Names. Code Names is a game where one person gives a clue, and there's a list of words, and the other people have to guess which words they're talking about based on the clue. And this involves two of my friends, Nick and Greg. And I just remember the situation. Nick gave a clue. It was like, um, I don't know, Pennsylvania. And then Greg said, okay, squirrels on the board. And squirrels, like Pennsylvania, there's a special squirrel in Pennsylvania. But eventually what it came down to and the words that came out of his mouth are, how smart do we think Nick is? Do we think <laughs> Nick gave this clue because he's very smart and knows exactly? Or do we think Nick is an idiot and is referring to something else on here? And I'm just thinking Nick is smarter than he is. I think we truly have to figure out, like, how do the Bernie ladies realize how they're coming off in this song? I don't think we do, because unlike the game Codenames, we're not trying to win this song. 
And it doesn't matter how smart or intelligent they are, because this is a piece of art and can be judged on merits irrespective of the artist who created it. I don't, and I know you Unlike the game Codenames, <laughs> unlike a, a board game that you are playing with friends. I know you are all about Death of the Author, but I do think that context is important in a song like this. You know, context is important when we watch a, you know, a, a fucking, I don't know. When we watch a Warner Brothers cartoon from the 40s, and we see these like incredibly racist depictions of of Asian people. Right. Like I don't know, context is important to understand. It is important, w- and we're not judging this like from a historical standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm trying to figure out if this belongs in a museum or not. We're not, we're not judging this song as a cultural artifact. <laughs> we're just we're just you know. Clearly, you take this podcast so much less serious than I do. I'm trying to determine if each of these songs belongs, belongs in our BNL our BNL time capsule that we're going to send to the future. <laughs> that is correct. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, Ev, let's talk about some other versions of this song. Uh, I found three. Uh, Let's. I found two. Oh, let's start with, of course, the bathroom sessions. Yeah. Um, this is a rare Steve bathroom session. Mm -hmm. I love seeing my boy, but he always looks like surprised to be there. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Like Ed, Ev made a wish, and Steve appeared in his bathroom, and he's like, "You got to do a song with me." It's what the genie said. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a waste of steep i feel like i wish they would have i don't know i don't know what other songs i like i don't know because i because i'm still like i'm getting like pre-nostalgia for the loss of steve's harmonies yeah. and i think that i mean the harms are still going to be there you know going forward but like ed and steve together have a certain you know je ne sais quoi like in their voices mixing and i'm gonna and i think this song really fronts that which is another reason i liked it right and i think the bathroom sessions does that too but again you know it, it was a it was lesser for not having like Kev's keys and Tyler on drums. Yeah, like it was. Not, like I, although I do want to know, like midway through the song, Steve leans over and whispers something to Ed, and, Ed and they laughs. both crack up, yeah. and I don't know what it is. Very strange. Um, I wonder that do you think too. He whispered. Oh, do we have do we have ideas of what he may have whispered? I'm fully dilated. <laughs> the baby's coming any moment. <laughs> Um, I think he whispered, uh, I've counted your teeth so many times. <laughs> I don't know. Um, by the way, I meant to mention this earlier um, in our Discord. And again, if you're not on our Discord, we laugh, we have a good time, we we chill, we joke. Uh, Thomas Bird 88 friend of the cast. Um, Ed is doing like uh, maybe bi-weekly, just like an hour where he's just playing a bunch of BNL songs from old and new and requests and whatever. And he played Half a Heart which is from this album. It's coming up. It's one of the songs we have coming up. And then uh, Thomas Bird gave me this tip. Ed just played Half a Heart and then said, that was from a record. I can't remember what it was called. He then remembered and said, it was from one of the Our Me or Our Men records. That was confusing for us. It was Steve's idea. So <laughs> I just love. <laughs> and then Thomas Bird said, he must be listening, secretly listening to your podcast. But I just love that he's just dunking on Steve like... That sucks. But this kind of explains a little bit of our confusion is this was one member of the band's idea and the rest of the band was like, all right, fucking fine. Cool. Let's do two albums named the exact same thing. I mean, well, probably what happened was they're like, he's like, all right, fine. I'll write a song for snack time. I'll be on snack time. But you've got to give me a confusing melange of like. Sure. You of dual released albums that aren't a double album. I want it. You've got to let me slam the door on my way out. That's what this this album is. (laughs) 
And I remember Steve was doing cocaine at this time. Yeah. So I could see him like being like, okay, here's what we're going to do. It's a double <laughs> album, but it's not a double album. They got to assemble like a transformer and they got to put it together. They got like a puzzle. They got to stick them all together. So if you play both the albums at the same time backwards, then like, so I think he's like, uh, he's shooting on, he's firing on all cylinders, but like they're all pointing in different directions. Yeah, that might be true. That might be true. Uh, Ev, what was the other version of the song you found? Uh, Ships and Dip. Ships and Dip 3, yes, at the Songwriters uh, panel. I saw Ships and Dip 5. Oh, was it still Songwriters panel? Ed was wearing a cowboy hat? No. Oh. It was, uh, um, it was just a, maybe a half the song, and it was just in an um, auditorium, and Steve was like a ship auditorium, and Steve was doing like a little samba dance to it. Oh, interesting. He was like jiving back and forth. Okay, this, uh, okay, was it, did you notice anything different about it? No, it was just the song. Okay. But I mean, Steve was, because Steve doesn't have much to do sure. during the song, he was just dancing at the parts where he wasn't harmonizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was fun. That was fun to watch. Yeah. Um, mine was Ships and Dip 3, maybe it was 5, but it was at the songwriters panel. It looks like a third stage. It's Ed, Steve, and like three other people with acoustic guitars, and they're all sitting. And Ed mm-hmm. just plays the song, I think, up, upon request, and Steve is doing his harmony, and they're both bopping back and forth. Um, but there's like this hugely long talk at the beginning in which Ed, number one, says he stole the riff for When I Fall and like plays the song that he stole Whoa. it from. And uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of fun to listen to. And then Ed and Steve tell parallel jokes at the same time about aneurysms. And like they're both trying to riff and it's truly like indicative of their like going separate ways with the band. And Steve... Uh, I can't remember who's doing what, but one of them is talking about aneurysm. Like, I think it's Steve saying like, Oh, I recently converted to aneurysm and we get three holidays off a year. And it's funny. And then Ed is like, yeah, the, you know, uh, the doctor checked me out for an aneurysm and he had me like turn and cough. And he's talking about it like at the proctology exam. And then Steve tells another religion joke. And then Ed tells another proctology joke. And they're telling the same set of jokes, but going (laughs) in different, like they're not listening to each other. They're not riffing off each other. It's very, very strange. Um, and at that moment, I realized this song sounded exactly like a song that you would hear on the quad, like fucking some douchebag with an acoustic guitar singing. Yeah, yeah. It's very much a quad song. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. Campfire song. Campfire song. Um, the third version of this song was from Gotta Skate, presented by Smuckers. <laughs> um oh yeah yeah. it is uh it's it's uh it's i can't remember the woman's name but it's it is a a woman who is skating and it is a frightfully strange song to sing at a woman it's steve and ed and they're like beautiful isn't she paid to be beautiful and it's like oh i just want them to stop but again this is one of the things that kind of clued me in that i don't think they're doing this with a hint of irony is they didn't look embarrassed they didn't look taken aback like they're just singing this song about you know how beautiful and vapid this woman is at the woman and that's it that's that's the song i don't know it's very strange um, also, Steve is in a weird shadow in this song, and he looks very menacing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Those are my three other versions. Well, Steve always looks kind of menacing. He kind of does, I gotta admit. Uh, Ev, why don't you tell me, how is this song like a dating sim? Well, good. Glad you, glad you asked, did, little boy. Did we ever have like a, a part of this where I was like, Ev, uh, what do we do now? Or did I always lead in with like, tell me what your your read is? I feel like at some point... We yeah. didn't do that. Yeah, I feel like it was just uh, me me breaking in. And yeah, telling you. I feel like it was. Now we have a very structured show. All right, go ahead. This is, of course, the 2009 game. Came out the same year as the album. 
right? 2009, since the album came out. Uh, sounds good to me. It would actually be 2007, so they were looking to the future. Oh, yeah, sorry. So this is a 2006 game. This is Miami Knights Life in the Spotlight okay. by Nintendo and Gameloft Bucharest. Nintendo, okay. Well, yeah, it was a mobile game. Um, was it called Miami okay. Lights or Miami Knights? Miami Knights, okay. colon, Life in the Spotlight. Got it. Okay, go ahead. Tell us about it. Um, well... It pretty much everything you need to know is summed up in the song's like intro song uh-huh. or the theme song, which sounds like uh, basically a MIDI version of Reel to Reels. I like to move it, move it. <laughs> okay. Which itself has become sort of self-parody over the years, but like this game is essentially that you are a vapid loser uh, in Miami who lives in a shitty apartment. Uh, looking for fame and fortune, you get to pick what kind of vapid loser you are. Are you like an aspiring actor? Are you an aspiring singer? Sure. Um, uh, and you get to go around Miami and try and make friends with and date other like vapid losers from buildings full of vapid losers with different degrees of fame and fortune. Right. So you can basically choose whether to like advance the plot or ad- Rick Harvick uh, wreak havoc on Miami's party crowd. Wait, by like didn't Rick Harvick come to your party the other week? Yeah, okay. I love that boy. Cool. Yeah, I had to I had to turn him away because I'm still quarantined. Sure, 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 absolutely. Rick Harvick. Rick Harvick. Good old Rick Harvick. <laughs> uh, interesting. I heard he faked his own death to get away from COVID. Oh, I... anyway. So your actions are basically kind of inconsequential apart from like getting like, I don't know, you have to like befriend the bouncer so you can get into the club so that you can like meet the singer who will get you on stage with her. So sure. Can, like, it's like one of those like advancing your career things or you can just sort of like date random people and uh, um, like... There's no, like, there's a lot of people to date, but there's no interaction between them. So, like, you could go up to somebody, plan a date, and then, like, go to the person next to them within earshot. Obviously, like, the person literally standing next to them, cheat on the person that you're in the date, (laughs) like, the relationship with, and they will not even bat a fucking eye. Nice. All right. Cool. So, uh, um, yeah. So... You can, uh, it's, I mean, it's a semi-adult game, so you can, like, buy drinks for people until you puke, although they call them quote-unquote beverages. Okay. And you can, uh, you know, um, go into the back alley behind a bar and buy quote-unquote vitamins from, like, a weirdo, like, outside the bar. Wowzer. Um, And, uh, yeah, so, as you can see, it's a pretty shallow game. It's a wide game, but not very deep. Uh, There's a lot of people to date, but it's all kind of the same. The only thing that is deep about it are your attributes. You have 40 attributes. Holy shit! Including things such as bathroom and <laughs> hygiene. Is it how good you are at bathroom? I don't know. Okay. Uh, that's like cuteness and charisma and self-esteem. But there's also like criminality <laughs> and uh, craziness and also hunger, which is like whether you've eaten or not. And then thirst, which measures both how thirsty you are and how much you want to have sex. That's actually very funny and a very good idea. And there's also danciness and humor. Like, there's just a ton of... Uh, and they change from scene to scene. So it's very weird. And you have to, like... You have to go pee in the game. Sure. And that and, makes like, you want to... Wa- and wash wash your hands. That makes and, you uh, want to have more sex when you have more thirst after peeing. Whenever you see your penis, you want to use it. <laughs> oh, shit. I forgot I had this thing. I should really be using it. Oh, man. Yeah, so there's, like, a urinate option. There's also options to, like... Cause it's like a, it's like a semi Sims clone. So you can like build your apartment out and put things in it. Like pictures because it's a DS game. It's on the DS. So you can like take a picture of yourself and oh put it in your God. apartment or in the bathroom or something like that. This game sounds fucking great. <laughs> I really want to play this. 
<laughs> well, you certainly can. It's like 10 years old, so it's probably pretty easy to find. Here's the thing. I cannot. It was delisted. Oh, I guess I could go try to buy a used copy of it. But it used to be you could buy it online, and they Nintendo delisted it, apparently, I'm reading here. Um, I wonder why. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, wow, this, is, this sounds great, man. That's very, yeah, very so good. You're, as, you're, as you're building your career... Um, you're just dating all these like shallow people and, you know, realizing that you're shallow in end of yourself. But like you never like this song, you never really come to the realization, even when you've quote unquote won, like you've you've got your music career or whatnot. You've just basically joined the ranks of a higher circle of, you know, you've gotten into a, 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 a pool that is not any more deep, but yeah. it's on a higher level of the hotel. Damn. That's interesting. This And you know what? Actually, hearing you talk about it revealed a lot about me. Because I've always felt that other people described me as cute, charismatic, and bathroom. So, like, <laughs> I feel like I understand myself a little better now. Yeah, mine was uh, char- charisma, self-esteem, and uh, hygiene. <laughs> oh, good. Hey, you sound like a well-rounded individual. That's good. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what you want in a partner. Yeah, charismatic. What was the second one? Self-esteem. Self-esteem and hygiene, for sure. Hygiene, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, is there a caring about other people stat? There is a, uh, um, oh God, what, what, they're not like an empathy or something like that, but there's something like, Jesus there's like humor. Christ. Um, yeah, I don't think there is a, there is an empathy stat. How I think bizarre. It's, I, and I didn't, I didn't get all the stats because, because, because it's delisted. Like I couldn't find many versions of the game. So I had to go through like all the let's plays because the, there are like six, six attributes displayed on the screen at any given time, okay. but they change constantly <laughs> depending on who you're interacting with and how you're so interacting. Fucking weird. So I had to watch a bunch of let's plays and just write down the attributes as they popped up on the screen. So weird. So truly bizarre. Um, good Lord. Well, that's, that is, it's interesting. And it also got a sequel for the Blackberry Miami nights. Two. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we can still get that one. Presumably. Um, I, I'm on the GameFAQs boards for Miami Nights Life in the Spotlight, and there's very few topics. And uh, Bree 022599 years ago uh, is one of the only things that, uh, that uh, people posted on here. And she asked, what does you are a bit too loose for me mean? <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if looseness is a stat, but apparently somebody in the game told her she was a little too loose. Um, wow, Ev. Interesting read. I love that one. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so that's the read. Let's get on to rating this song. As usual, Ev, we rate this song on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed. I'm already shaking my head thinking about this fucking rating for this song. <laughs> um, Evan, uh, the more clothes this song is wearing, the worse it is. The fewer clothes, the better. So let's go ahead and start with you. How would you rate this song? I've been drinking all night, but I started early. So I got pretty hammered. Um, let's say I started like two. I'm like, I'm like playing a video game. It's one of those things, situations where you're playing your game, you're drinking and you don't really know how much you've drunk until you stand up sure. and you're like, whoa, I am way too drunk. Sure. I need to sober up. So I go into the bathroom, I take a nice shower, do some shower eating, um, <laughs> maybe a nice piece of pizza from the refrigerator, a couple ribs piece of corn on the cob. A piece of corn? Just... Yeah, a piece of corn on the cob. Oh, okay. Yeah, you chew it. You, yeah. No, I was talking about the whole cob. Oh, buddy. got it. Okay. Uh, some string cheese. And uh, so I'm done with my shower eating. I, uh, feel, I'm feeling better. Uh, you know, I've drank a glass of water, drink some water straight out of the shower. And uh, I get in and I'm like, I go and I look and I'm like, oh, well, shit, I still need to go out tonight. Like I had plans. 
even though I almost never have plans. Like I got to go see um, the Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> so you were getting day drunk playing video games. Yeah, I was getting day drunk playing video games, and I had plans to like record a podcast and then go see like sure. the reformed Stone Temple Pilots playing with uh, um, I don't know, let's say Ween. Okay, and uh, sounds um, fun. At a local bar, yeah, it'd be fine. Um, I don't feel like Stone Temple Pilots would be good without the lead singer or whatever his name was. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, did you ever hear the, um, I don't know if I talked about this on the pod before. Did you ever hear his like obituary on, I was listening to like the day he died. Um, Scott something, Scott. Summers. I don't remember his, Scott Summers, Psychos. yes. Um, yeah, so he, he um, died and NPR gave the most like damning with faint praise obituary ever. Really? Like Scott wyland okay okay so scott wyland they were like scott wyland clearly knew how to market and sell music wow he was not very talented singer middle of the road musician and his band will like his band will quickly fade from memory but you can't say that he didn't sell some songs wow. like, that was like their that was like the gist of their uh obituary Holy which shit. was kind of weird for a, like, a dead lead singer of a very popular band yeah, wow. yeah, they were like, I mean, they were like in the late '90s. They were like, you know, the Crow came out, and they suddenly Jesus. were like, they had like, they weren't a one-hit wonder because they had like four or five actual hit songs. Like, so Scott Weiland stole that dude's wife. Scott Weiland fucking made out with that dude's wife right in front of him. <laughs> like, how? What would you have to have done? To, oh, yeah, okay. and they were like, well, and they were like, he was a bad father because he was always on the road and always on drugs, and his kids hate him. <laughs> like, it was just like, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're you're gonna go see STP. Yeah, I'm going to see STP and Ween, which is a much nicer band. I think Ween would probably be nicer. Okay. Uh, the lead singer of Ween. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to see them. Jimmy and like, I like stand in the mirror and the mirror is all fogged up. And I do that thing where you wipe down. You take, take a, like a appraisal of yourself. And you're like, what if I didn't go wearing clothes? What if I didn't go without a nose? <laughs> what if I didn't go without my toes? And I'm just like, because I'm drunk, right? I'm not really thinking clearly. And I'm like, well, you know. I got to wear some clothes. So I'm going to put something on for this shows. What if I went to the shows wearing clothes? So I put on a, uh, um, I put my pants on my shorts. Uh, and I'm like, no, these are too long. It's summer. So I cut the, I cut the, um, pant, the bot, make them into jean shorts. And then I put on uh, a shirt and I'm like, no, no, I don't want this. So I'm going to rip the sleeves off. And then that's pretty much all I'm wearing. Like shorts, cut off shorts, ripped off t-shirt and i'm like oh wait shit this is a 90s show i gotta wear a backwards hat sure 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 that makes sense that's what i do man number a very generous with your praise for this song which is all you rate on a curve remember that's true that is true number and this is my second favorite song on the album number b you saying like uh, what if I were just whatever? What if uh, I didn't go to the show? What if I had shoes in my house? What if I were a tiny little mouse? Makes me think of I took a trip, but it was never a vacation. And how much you <laughs> hated the Dr. Susie rhyme scheme of that song. And yeah. I'm realizing that beautiful is the same fucking thing. What if I were not just for show? What if I were not good to go? What if I were not simply? It's the same. No, no. There's a different. There's a different thing because they're not saying one thing and then the opposite of that thing. all right the, you're right or not the opposite not the, not even the opposite just a random thing you're- like what if you were not just for show and then what if you were uh a bacon made of dough <laughs> like it's just like something fucking random is what i hated about that you're song. right you know what it's even more facile than that song it's like no. <laughs> this at least it isn't because everything is pointing in the same direction unlike 
the song that you just mentioned, which is the name I've already fucking forgot. Everything is on. Yeah. So like, unlike unfinished, like everything is pointing along the same theme. Whereas unfinished was just, you say something and then you say something else and they're not really connected. This, no matter what you say about this song, it's all connected. It's all about the same thing. Sure. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I suppose. Um, well, that was a very, uh, very weak apology, but I'll take it. <laughs> Evan, I've wronged you. You are smarter no, than no. me. No, no. What I want from you is I want you to make your rating of this song an apology to me. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So here's what I do. Um, I listen to the song uh, Beautiful. You're beautiful. And then I do a podcast with my friend Evan. And, um, after I'm done, I contact a, uh, a company and it's one of those companies that allows you to screen print shirts. Right. And mm-hmm. I think, man, I really, I fucked Evan over pretty hard. I, you know what? <laughs> I need to, I need to apologize to that man. And so what I do is I screen print 10,000 shirts that say, I'm so sorry, Evan on them Mm -hmm. and they also have the secret to your social chemistry on them so when you see them you'll fall in love with me Mm -hmm. um and i get them printed at this factory in redondo beach california um (laughs) and uh you know it costs a lot of money to print ten thousand shirts but i just put it on a credit card right because like i know something that ever nobody else knows and mm-hmm. so I put all these on a credit card and then I, uh, you're looking up shirt companies in Redondo beach, California. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I knew as soon as I said that, I'm going to make this, I'm going to make this, on, I'm make an honest man. Out of you. Give me 10,000 shirts. Make it real. Um, and then I, I, I listen to the song beautiful and I put it on repeat. And as I put it on repeat, it gives me the motivation to construct something. It, it, it makes me want to build. And so I'm late at night in my garage. I've moved my car out to the street and I'm just building this, this thing, this, this machine, mm-hmm. this something that man has never seen before. And I put it in my car and it's the middle of the night and I kiss my partner and my child goodbye and I start driving. And I drive mm-hmm. out to Redondo Beach, California, and it takes several days. There's an APB out for me. My partner. So, would you rather drive to the T-shirt lab shop, DI Graphics, Custom One Printing? Name your game or name your game. Name my game, my friend. And my game. Oh, there's also Embroid Me Ooh! Beach Cities. See, but I don't want anything embroidered. I just want name my game. Um, about South Bay T-shirt Printing? Don't hate that one, but I'm gonna go F with How about name my customized. Tease, T-E-E-Z, Redondo. Oh, shit. I do love it when they pluralize with a Z. All right. We're going to go with tease. All right. Okay. So I, Customized tease. And so I get to Redondo Beach, and I set up my machine right outside the store. And as I set it up, I press the go button on it, and it starts the, – the clouds above me start collecting, and they start swirling together. And people around me realize – I start laughing maniacally that what I've made is I've made – a weather control device. Beautiful was so horrific that it inspired me to make a weather control device for this moment. A tornado appears right above fucking Name Your Tees graphic game incorporated. And fucking this place is ripped apart. Beams, pillars being ripped into the air. Tens of thousands of t-shirts being lifted up into the sky. And then I walk into the tornado with my machine and I press the stop button. I'm flung up into the air by this tornado but I fall. I'm not quite dead. 
I'm not quite dead. My limbs are broken and I'm in horrible pain and agony. And then I look up into the sky and I see tens of thousands of t-shirts descending. And all of them say, Evan, I'm so sorry. Evan, I love you on them. And they all fucking just crush me to death. These shirts and these beams and these pillars. The entirety of Team Me Up Graphic Store Incorporated Delights destroys me. I'm wearing more clothes than is possible. More clothes than I've ever worn before in my life. They're stacked on top of me. Apology accepted. Rating refused. You can't. You cannot. Rating rejected. This is, Apology accepted. This is not a. Uh, a, a, a uh, I'm not asking you for. A, uh, what is it called when you quit your job? I'm not giving you a letter of refusal. Two weeks. Two weeks. Notice. Yeah. You can't refuse my two weeks notice. You can't just say no. You have to accept it. This is. See you on Monday. No. We'll be back with more. It's all been done. A pretty good ladies podcast. Hey, Evan. Oh, hey. I was just thinking um, about <laughs> spaces spaces we live in. Have you ever you ever thought... Okay, so I know this is sort of a real bougie thing, uh-huh. but um, you ever thought about naming your house? No, and that's strange because I have named every car I've ever had. Like, I named... Me too. I named inanimate objects. What's your current car's name? Jomathan. Is it really Jomathan? Jomathan, yeah. That's that's interesting. Where, how did you come to that name? Um, I think I said Jonathan when C at, I think I said it went, like literally I got the asked the same question by my partner and I think I just said Jonathan. Okay, that's good. So there is no, that's also how you named your son, correct? No, it was much more in depth. Smooshes. Uh, smoosh, smoosh, smooshies. Smooshies. Um, yeah, okay. Interesting. But like, I, you know, like people like, I feel like only people who have lost touch with society because they're wealthy enough to not really care about what normal people care about name houses like the ponds yeah yeah the the jennifer's rest beach is at redondo estate <laughs> yeah something like that it's either that's a little too that's a little too uh um that's a little too much i think it would be like white cats yeah you're right you're right. actually that's or the other way Pounders. If you live in a frat house, you're like Shady Chaz. That's my yeah. like. I feel like frat frat guys also name. Although they're kind of named de facto. This is Alpha Beta Sigma House, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but they like there. There are houses on campus that are named, and I drive by them. They usually have their name either written in chalk or like if it's a frat house, it's sort of like etched into. The, it's like the Castle on Fifth or something like sure. that, or you know stuff like that, or you know. Bad names sure. that I don't I, repeat I, on cat. I, oh, things you don't want to repeat. <laughs> the puzzle house. Jesus Christ. I do wish, uh, just like, I think Jimothy sounds fine for a car or whatever the fuck you call Oh, Jonathan. Um, I wish that more houses just had regular names. Like, this is my house, Jimmy. This. Well, I don't know. Like, I don't think you want to give human names to houses because that's not. That's sort of like erasing their heritage. I'm sorry? A house isn't a person. Neither is a car? Right, which is why nobody in the world is named Jonathan. My first car was named Cammy. Well, that's on you, I bud. guess so. I was erasing her heritage. I feel bad now. Yeah, you should name her Grinder or something. Uh, I guess. You also gendered You also gendered her. I did, yeah. I mean, yeah, I gender which... all my... My car right now is a male. Yeah, houses don't have genders either. Mm. So you're putting a lot of... You're putting a lot of, like anthropocentric baggage into your naming conventions. I, I'm not. I mean, my house can be non-binary. 
It's just how I feel when I'm going into it. Oh, okay. So really, it's not what the house wants. It's more what you want for the house. It, we have said it's not a person. I mean, you do, it's you do own it. I get it. I get it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's, You are the house's owner. That is correct. Do, when, you, when you owned a dog, R.I.P. Uh-huh. Splangy. When you owned a dog, did you say you were the dog's buddy or the dog's owner? Yeah, I said I was a dog's life mate. Shut the life, fuck up. Life, life friend. <laughs> That's so untrue. That's hurtfully untrue. Yeah, uh, I said owner. I said I was a dog's owner. Oh, really? That's, that's how society described me, yeah. Okay, but you, would have, you wouldn't have described yourself like that? Yeah, big buddy, I think is what <laughs> I would have described myself as. This is Splangy and I'm her big buddy. Yeah. That's very cute, but you never did that. And I, I did it all the time. The camera I've set up in your house tells me differently, my friend. Really? You set up a house before you even knew who I was? You set up a camera in my house before... Oh, that's how we met. Never mind. That's right. When I hacked the feed. <laughs> that's correct. You backtraced it to my place. Yeah, sorry. That's on my... That's uh, my... Uh... I said, please invite me to your personal role-playing convention. Please yes. get really drunk with me and make fun of how I masturbate. Please let my future partner live with you for six months. That is correct. I want your opinion on her. <laughs> I do. Tell me if she's marriage material. You need a really long time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, boy, boy, this is a uh, this is some backstory for the uh, the Evsaker dynamic uh, that yeah. that listeners didn't know. Um, Ev, do you know who else is? Ah, shit, we just That's a lot of backstory. We just did they them theirs the other week. We're talking about some real good gender shit, but we can't use that. Um, what the fuck can we do that is also gender related? God damn, you know who else has a gender? Oh God. Well, that's Summer Twilight Book Club. You know that podcast. It's the podcast where two dumb bitches put their social work degrees to good use by discussing the horniest four books of their teenage years. I both love and hate reading the description for that podcast. It truly is a delight to me that they describe themselves as two dumb bitches. I can't... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, their latest episode, season two, episode 14, The Revenge of New Moon. They disagree more than they ever have in an episode all over the movie adaptation of New Moon. Did they like it? Did they hate it? I presume one did one, one did the other. Yeah. But just like this song. Just like this song. New Moon is the beautiful of, of Twilight. New Moon. New Moon. New Moon <laughs> <New> 2. <laughs> is the beautiful. Is beautiful the New Moon of Barricade Lady songs or is New Moon the beautiful of movies? Uh, good question. I think New Moon is the beautiful of movies. Yeah, I think Beautiful has way more cultural impact than the Twilight movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you hear so that they are releasing uh, the Twilight books except from Edward's perspective? She's rewriting all the books the other uh-huh. way around. Great. That seems like... I don't... I feel like as a, as a creative, you, you never know, but you kind of have to know when to walk away. <laughs> And I feel like the twi- like J.K. Rowling didn't know when to walk away. She sure. should just finish the Harry Potter books and then fade it into obscurity. Like, kill a mockingbird at it, you know? Well. And, uh, like. I mean, to set, go set a watchman. I mean, that wasn't her fault, though. Yeah, she shouldn't have written that book. Well. <laughs> she was, yeah, she was bullied and cajoled into writing that book. But anyway, she should. Yeah, so I feel like there comes a point in your career. And the thing is, you never know when that is. When you have nothing really new or groundbreaking or anything to add. But the thing is, you'll never know. So most creatives go long past their prime. And I feel like that part of, that's the part of your career when you can realize that and you dedicate yourself to helping other people yeah. who have who have good voices that you enjoy, like that, that you know marginalized voices and just voices in general to 
to, to put them forward. And I think that, yeah, and I feel like that's how you stay relevant. And Boy, I don't know, I, I forgot what I was talking Oh yeah, and I think that rewriting the Twilight books from Edward's perspective, I feel like that's going to be a swing and a miss. But then again, I hate the Twilight books. Oh, uh, see, I've never read them. But they did, when I was an English teacher, they got my kids a reading. So I kind of admired them in a lot yeah. of ways. So. Well, I mean, yeah, a lot of people hate like YA novels. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, they're, they're just, you know, they're simplistic and, and they're not. But like, I don't know. YA novels are for a YA audience and I'm not getting down on adults who want to read YA because you know it's fun yeah right it's 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 it may be deep it may be light it may be great you know you like what you like don't let anybody shit on your shit in your mouth for it damn son unless, unless that's what you like but anyway I feel like uh didn't they do like a gender swapped version of all the Twilight books I think they may have done that as well see the thing is there's a different cultural context now right because we never had this reverence for books I mean uh, I mean, Harry Potter was a phenomenon. You can't just walk away when they've made movies, when every political story in the world refers to uh, people as Voldemort's. Like, when you have that cultural cachet, you can't just be like, I'm walking... Also, I'm very glad that J.K. Rowling didn't use her position to uh, to uh, put up voices that she believed in because I'm scared of what those voices would have sounded like. But uh, I do understand what you're saying. And I, I feel like uh, Stephanie Meyer is kind of the same, right? Is, uh, you know... She realized the Twilight had cultural cachet, and you can't walk away from that. We revere certain books and book series more now than we ever did in the past. Uh, or maybe she's trying to desperately cling to relevance. As yeah, I think you should, once you get a lick of that golden ring, you like you keep going to come. You keep coming back, just true. like this podcast. It's like true. you know, once we hit the uh, one week Justin McElroy episode, we keep trying to recapture that magic. I was about to say, yeah, we had Justin on once. Gotta have him on again. Gotta lick that ring, baby. We can never, we can never get away. No, so can't. yes, so just like the two hosts of the podcast you mentioned earlier, Twilight Book Club. Mm-hmm. The end. Is that what it's called? Uh, I actually remember. Summer it. Twilight Book Club. You were very close. Oh, so close. And it's yeah. summer now. Perfect. Go listen. And we're back with more. It's all been done. A bare naked ladies podcast. Now's the time in the show when we spin this big wheel and try and figure out what we're gonna do next. I'm gonna try real hard to figure it out. Another postcard with chimpanzees. Uh, this song, where would the narrator vacation? What postcards would they send and to whom? This is a very good one for this narrator. Yeah, he's going to go, of course, to Miami Beach. He, life in the spotlight. Specifically, he's going to go to Miami Beach during quarantine. I feel like this yeah. is one of those shitheads who's going to fucking break quarantine to go down and just ogle at hot girls. Like, to like and be proud of it like to like post like he's posting on all his social media like you know i'm not gonna let bill gates inject me with microchips yes absolutely and you know what else he's posting on social media he's posting like little sneak shots of like women's asses on the beach like that they don't know he's taking uh this dude mm -hmm. is a fucking creepster um i think yeah. Um, yeah but but then he like he sh he'll show occasional flashes of humanity okay H how so because I feel like this song where this song gives us gives us the it's almost crueler because you see that he's capable of kindness. So and like goodness, or at least he's he's capable of recognizing it. Sure. So when he does something bad, it's 10 times worse because sure. he's not doing it out of ignorance. He's just doing it out of maliciousness. Sure. This song, this song goes to the beach, sees a kid drowning, saves the kid. And then when the, the crowd is cheering for him, he walks up to a girl and is like, I think I deserve a little something for that. He walks up and just like starts making <laughs> yeah, out with Yeah, you're right. He doesn't even ask. You're right. Yeah. Ah, shit. Everyone wanted to... Everyone wanted to kiss a hero, and then he doesn't wait for an answer. <laughs> Did you have you ever watched Thirty Rock? 
Yeah. Okay, this song is Dennis Duffy, the subway hero, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Liz is... I didn't watch it recently enough or in-depth enough to remember sure. who that is. I, Liz is dumb shithead boyfriend, played by the guy who's in those oh, Allstate commercials yes, that now. that guy, that guy. Yes, uh, who saves someone in the subway and uses it to uh, just suck the celebrity uh, out of life. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a dumbass shithead. But you're right, there are occasional flashes of humanity, I think. Um, because he says, shame on me. He realizes maybe he's got that... Oh, maybe he wants to be punished. Maybe he wants a girl to, like, catch him in the act so that he can, like... Oh, my bad. Oh, looks like you're going to have to grind my nuts into the sand now. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a good old groin stuff. What size stiletto are you? Because I have a whole bag of them here. <laughs> um, they're all left. They're... I don't know why. <laughs> That's his fetish, man. Grind his nuts with a left stiletto. Boy, that's a Isn't 2D6 that... song title if I've ever heard one. <laughs> Isn't that the thing on the West Coast that, like, shoes with feet in them keep watching, washing up, but they're all left shoes or something, something like shoes that? Shoes with feet in them? Yeah, yeah. They keep, like, feet all the way up to, like, not full legs, but, like, up to the knee joint. And they just keep washing up on the beach. I feel like that's a thing I read about a while ago. I have not heard of that. That's wild and crazy, kids. Um, interesting, yeah. Uh, so, so we have to hit the other half of this question, which is what kind of postcards does this man send home? Um, I, Ooh, I feel like he sends super introspective cards. Sure. But I think he, he sends them on, um, cause here's the thing is this guy thinks that he's smarter and better than other people. Like that girl's fucking dumb. Right. So I think it like, it's like vintage nude model. Like, you know, it's still oh. nude. It's still gross and creepy. But he's like, it's art. What are you talking about? It's fucking art. Like, that's what it I, is. I think, yeah, he's sending he's sending nudie postcards, but he's sending them to, like, maybe old friends, maybe, like, old flames, <laughs> maybe, like, his parents and stuff. But he's only doing it when he's super drunk. Yes. Because he's, he's one of those guys, when he gets super drunk, he just confesses everything to <laughs> yes. you and, like, talks about what a shithead he is. Like, so, so the only, like... The only actually human realizations he has are when he's too drunk to re- to remember them. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he he. Dear Deanna, I was such a shithead to you when we were together, baby. Like, yeah. He sends these nude postcards to his exes with with yeah. heartfelt shit in them. <laughs> and it's like it's like things he remembers that he did, and he the he can finally like reflect on them. Mm-hmm. But like. What what if I what if I what if I hadn't have done those things? I think about if we had still we were still together like that's sort of, and they they of course just read them, make a face, and throw them away. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> oh God. And uh, uh, let me stop you for one second. The Salish Sea human foot discoveries. Let me read you the first two sentences of the Wikipedia page. Please. Since August twentieth, two thousand and seven, at least twenty detached human feet have been found on the coast of the Salish Sea in British Columbia, Canada. Cool. So it's very uh, oh, in boy. Washington, U.S. On the first discovery, on August 20th, 2007, was on Jedediah Island on British Columbia. Feet have been discovered on the coasts of the islands of British Columbia and in the U.S. cities of Tacoma and Seattle. Fucking weird. So but it's not... At least 20 human, detached human feet. It's not all left feet. That's nice. That it's not... Because that would be fucking like some cryptid shit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I do love the first sentence. I'm on the same page now. Uh, discoveries. These foot discoveries are not the first ones on British Columbia's coast. One was found in Vancouver in 1887, leading to the place of discovery being called Leg and Boot Square. <laughs> There's a place in Vancouver called Leg and Boot Square because of this incident. Wow, wild. And it, it's still happening uh, sort of today. Um, interesting. Yeah. So bizarre. September tw- 2018 was the last one. Oh, so it's I have January recent. 2019. Oh, 
Yeah, never mind. Yeah. There's another one. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Interesting. Let's just let's do a let's do a podcast about that. Okay, we'll do a twenty episode, uh, twenty one episodes, one on each foot. I like that. <laughs> I don't think I don't know if there's that. Well, they'd have to be like five ten minutes, but yeah, that seems like something I could actually manage. Do you want to do after we're done with snack time for the Patreon? We're gonna do we'll call it uh, uh, one foot at a time. <laughs> we'll do uh, five ten minute episodes on each of these uh, things. That'd be fun, right? Pod by the foot. Okay, pod by the foot. Sure, 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 sure. I like that. <laughs> Uh, okay, great. So I hope we answered your question, Neil. <laughs> now it, I hope we answered your question. Now it's time for a question from our listeners, our friends, our fans, our modern millies, thoroughly so. <laughs> this, uh, if you have a question that you want to um, send to us, our email address is itsallbeendonepodcast at gmail.com. Send us some cues, my boys, my babies, my little lumpkins. This is a question entitled, Questions Urgent. Uh, <laughs> and it is from our Fred, friend, Fred? It's from our friend, Jared. Oh, Jared. Hi. Hi. It says, my loves. Saker, I need to know how this week's song would sound if Randy Newman sang it. Uh, should, I, should we handle these one at a time? Yes. Okay. How would this week's song sound if... Okay. What if you were not just for show? That what sounds more like Bob Dylan. Not, oh, how's my Randy? Short people got no <laughs> reason. What if you were not thin and tall? What if you, you were not done with it all beautiful? There we go. That's the first part of the yeah. question. <laughs> Evan. Yes. Have you seen the movie Tremors lately? <laughs> uh, I'd say a year or two ago it, is the most recent time I've seen Tremors. If so, does it hold up? Yes. Tremors 1 definitely holds up. Also, how would be... It's a delightful movie. How would BNL get... How would BNL get on in a fight against the Graboids? Ooh, good question. I feel like... Um, I can't even help oh, this, you. This, this is directed right yeah, to this you. Is a, this is a variation on the like, like horror movie slash you know, survival of the fittest thing. Yeah. I feel what, like... What sucks is that if, I know the answer. I just can't help you because it says Evan. So Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I know. So I'll go through it really quick. Um... Kev uh, dies. Kev gets eaten <laughs> by a graboid. Probably the first one he to He instigates the plot, um, sure. Well, he's the one who gets pulled through, like, a tire, and he's, like, holding on, like, guys, help me. <laughs> and then, like, they're grabbing on, and it's just his, like, torso comes up. Sure. Um, Ty has a basement full of guns, you see. And uh, even though he's Canadian, and even though he's anti-gun um, and anti-everything, he's he's a hypocrite, Ty, you see. And so he's got a, he's got a thing full of guns and, like, potatoes. He's got a, a, a shelter. <laughs> but the thing is... You, you, you can't use the shelters against Graboids because they'll burst right through the fucking walls right. and they'll eat you. So they get down there for Ty. So I was like, okay, guys, I got guns down here. Don't worry about it. And Ned's like, wait a second. I And then the Graboid bursts through the fucking walls and grabs Tyler. And like Ed and Steve have to grab the elephant guns off the wall and like the big old like uh, replica weapons sure. and things like that, like a Bardiche and like a like a Glaive Guizarm and things like that. And they're fighting these fucking Graboids off. And they're like, they finally get off and they're like, they get to the, to the roof and they're like, what, what happened to Jim? And you just hear, he, 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 he. <laughs> I've been, <laughs> and then from the ground, Jim, like, it's like, 
like you know when like the superhero things where like there's like a mole villain or something and he drills his way straight up from the ground it's like that only jim himself is the drill and he's got his he's got his hands like his arms crossed and he's like and he just sits there and looks up at them and says it was i was always supposed to be the head of this band and you were just holding me back but luckily my my true family the graboids (laughs) know what to do and then Jim breaks into song and all the graboids uh, chime in and it's the most beautiful thing you've ever heard. Do they kill Ed and Steve? Why would they? They don't need to. Oh, no, he, he just becomes the head of the band and Steve and Ed are his uh, his servants. No, Steve and Ed, Steve and Ed run away. Oh, uh, I their see. Minds are bro- their minds are broken by the beauty of the graboids. Sure, 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 sure. They wandered the desert uh, mad. Yes. Yeah, that makes yes. sense. They grow long, <laughs> scraggly beards. Okay, cool. So uh, in the end, everything worked out for Jim. <laughs> It always does. And does he tour as the Bare Naked Ladies, just him on stage with an electric face or with Grandma? Yeah, and a bunch of Graboids. Cool. I, oh, shit. Jim and the Graboid Family Band, a.k.a. the Bare Naked <laughs> Ladies. I love that shit. Um, the email goes on. Oh, God, there's more. Saker and Evan. Mm-hmm. How many seagulls would it take to lift Ed? Sincerely, Jared. Yes, Jared, a flock of seagulls. It would take a flock of seagulls to lift and yeah, but how big is the... Let's just say it at the same time. We both know what the answer is. Are you ready? Yeah. How many seagulls? Ready? Three, two, one. 67. 63. That's what I thought. Uh, we were right close. there. <laughs> we were pretty close. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, some of them are, are baby seagulls. And I understand you like to combine every two baby seagulls as one real seagull. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we were both kind of the same answer. So, yeah. we're right there. So, hopefully that answers your question, Jared. Thanks for the question. Again, listeners, send some cues in. We love to hear them. <laughs> you love to hear them. Ev, that's it. Oh, okay, bye. I, we finished. Oh, bye. <laughs> we'll see you again. <laughs> we finished the worst Bare Lady song of all time. That's a big nope. accomplishment. Not true. Yeah, it is true. We did finish. We finished it, but it's the not the worst Bare Naked Ladies. Yes, I know. I said that. No. Worst Bare Naked Ladies. Um, no, it isn't. So, <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. So uh, you can find us on Twitter at Been Done Pod. Find us on Facebook. It's all been done at Bare Ladies Podcast. Uh, you could join our Discord. The link is in the show notes. Look at the show notes to find the link. Link is in there. He is catching fish. He is yeah. drawing his sword. He is doing his dash, mm-hmm. knocking over pots and stuff. Doing his spin move. You just go through a village and just push over their fucking pots and like there's apparently rubies in there. Yeah, shithead link. These people that's their life savings. Or just yeah. they're keeping them in jars go in their in house. And tear up a fucking bush and just throw it at a wall. Fucking garbage, <laughs> man. Um and uh you can also donate to the Patreon for the Orange Groves. You can hear up to episode five of Snack Time up there right now. They're all up. How exciting. You can donate to us directly by taking your money and burying it yes. in your backyard. And then when you come back the next day, it'll be gone. And that's because we've got it. <laughs> but you have to make sure to say the incantation over the money mm. when you bury it. The djinn gave us dominion over all wealth of the earth. <laughs> that is correct. So thus the monkey paws, we can only access buried money. That is correct. Um, and we have to keep it buried. We can't even spend it. It sucks. Yeah, yeah we, we take it out. It disappears. Yeah, yeah, it's a bummer. We can look at it. It looks cool. Uh, mm. My backyard is filled with money. My house's foundation is crumbling. <laughs> um, Ev, uh, mm. I was probably going to say something. Uh, what are you plugging this week? Trash facilities. Oh, nice. Any one in specific or? The uh, Hemington Grove correctional trash facility where they take trash and they rehabilitate it oh that's very sweet 
<laughs> you can go buy some used toilet paper that's been respooled. <laughs> you can uh, you can buy some uh, some uh, packaging, like some plastic bags and packaging that, that has different stuff in it than what the packaging is. I like that. It's I a like good old that. mystery. It's like going to the grocery store, but you don't know what you buy. Damn, that sounds fun. All right. Yeah, people sign up for all those like not meal delivery services, but like where you can like join like a semi-farmer co-op where you get like food delivered to you. It's like, what? whatever we got could be 16 beets, could be a bunch of kale. You'll find (laughs) out, big fish. You know, there is a um, service. It's called Bobcat in a Box. And what Mm -hmm. you can do is you can just set it up uh, for, say, um, $3 and set a time for weekly, perhaps. And then what Bobcat in a Box does is you link it to your bank account, which seems very shady and very dangerous. Mm -hmm. But once a week, it will buy something on Amazon that is under the amount specified for you and have it mailed to your house. So it's like getting a surprise present every week, except it's always shitty. Just like a (laughs) real shit that nobody wants. It goes through Amazon, Alibaba, Etsy. Um, Yeah, and that's about what it does. If it goes through Alibaba, you're getting like a gross of metal spoons (laughs) that are shaped like like rock guitars. Exactly. Which is kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what just like drop shipping right it's just you go on alibaba find something and then sell it for 10 times what it's 100 times what it's worth you can start your business with bobcat in a box uh i'm also uh plugging the idea of leaving us a five-star review this week go to itunes that's how people find the show please 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 give us a review and uh that's say, not how people find the show say the words this isn't how people find the show in your review and leave us five stars that would be a delight um ebo i think that's it my friend okay good i'm saker I'm Evan. We'll see you again in one One week. Week. You're beautiful. blood-sucking babes. I'm Sahana. And I'm Kat. And we're the hosts of Summer Twilight Book Club, a podcast where two dumb bitches with social work degrees reread the four horniest books of their teenage years. If you're at all curious about any of the following, this is the podcast for you. Does Bella Swan have a car crash fetish? Yes, I am telling you right now the answer is yes. Does Stephanie Meyer understand healthy relationship boundaries? Has Bella Swan ever had a secure attachment in her life? How has Twilight impacted the societal and my personal conceptions of romance? Why does Stephanie Meyer Osahana and all other brown people reparations? Why is Edward Cullen so into edging? You can find Summer Twilight Book Club at theorangegrows.com or on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you access podcasts to find out.